Hey there, this is the His Beloved Podcast with Kendra Bartlett and Megan Copeland, and we are so glad you are here. Hello, friends. Hello. Welcome back to the His Beloved Catholic Podcast. I'm Megan. And I'm Kendra. We haven't done that in a while. You're right. <laughs> we just leave it to the repetitive loop. I know. We probably won't have that on this one, so I figure we should throw it in there. But you know what? We've done this before. Recorded at your house while we have kids at my yes. house on a snow day. It's a snow day. What? Which is so funny because there's not really very much snow. No. <laughs> number one. And number two. Nothing exciting is happening. It was like stinking hot on Sunday. Yeah. We were outside and I was so hot and the kids kept taking off their shirts. <laughs> I was taking care. No, not the boys. It was Tessa and Bo. Tessa hasn't figured out yet that like only boys take off their shirts. Yes. And I look out the window and they're hanging out on the trampoline with no shirt on. And I'm like, what is going on? That's so funny. And then the next day it's freezing. Yeah. Yeah. It was funny when the boys take off their shirts, Stella does too. And she's like, I'm free. No, they don't quite get that. Like girls don't do that, but boys do. Yeah. She was trying to do it this morning too. Hey girl, be free while you can. (laughs) If I could burn my bras, I would. They're annoying. Let's not do that. Let's just be real. Okay. <laughs> so we are back. And um, so a couple of weeks ago, we went to Dallas and Kendra gave a talk to a group of women, uh, moms at a mom's group in Frisco. And I was just like reminded or really maybe in a new way I saw like what a gift Kendra is to moms oh, and the way she you. connects like heart to heart with women. And, um, and so I thought her talk was so wonderful. I was like, why don't we do that on the podcast too? <laughs> like tell the same story and give the same message that you gave on the podcast or in the, um, to the women. And so she called it Maccabean motherhood and told the story of, um, the, the woman in the book of Maccabees and scripture. Yeah. The second Maccabees chapter seven, if you want to go and read it. And I highly recommend you go and read it Yeah, um, and just reflect on it. It's, it's an intense one. Very intense. Yeah. Um, but the reason Kendra told the story is because it was kind of like a call to action to moms to Mm. say like, we can't give to kids what we don't have. Mm -hmm. And so let's fill our hearts with so much love from the father that it overflows into our children. And then mm-hmm. they are so filled to the brim that nothing can shake them. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, what stood out to me is that this mom and Megan's going to tell a story because she is like the most amazing storyteller ever. <laughs> um, but what stood out to me the most was this mother who was so deeply rooted and anchored in her faith, who knew God, the father so intimately where it seeped over into her children and they all endured martyrdom. Hmm. Um, and, and the way it's told in scripture, it's almost like they were ready for it. Like it mm-hmm. wasn't just sprung upon them. Like, Oh, this is what our faith tells us to do. So I guess we got to be tough and go through it. It was like, no, we're ready. Bring it on. Mm-hmm. And what they endured was like gruesome, um, just unbelievable. Um, but for us as moms, um, what is our anchoring and what is our, um, where, where are our hearts? Like we almost need to do a heart check after reading this. Um, and how is that spilling over into our children? Yeah. And for those of you that aren't moms, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) there's still so much for you to take from this, um, from this scripture and from this talk that we're about to give, because you can be this for your spouse. You can be this for your friends. You can be this for your children someday that you may have, like now is the time to be pouring into yourself so that you can be this Maccabean mother someday. Right. And even, um, if you're not married, like even your coworkers, even people that you're around, because when you're walking the walk of a Christian, there is something different about you. Mm-hmm. And when you're so deeply rooted and you're faced with challenges, um, you know, at work, if there's something that maybe the company is standing for that, you know, is just not right. Um, you will then have the courage to live out your Christian faith. And that's going to be a witness to those around you mm-hmm. to maybe spur them on in their walk, maybe even just to start their walk with the Lord. Like, yeah. what does she have? Yeah. Whatever she has, I want it. Yeah. Okay. So let's tell the story. So this is from second Maccabees, which is one of the books of the Bible that Protestants don't have, right? right? It's part of the Apocrypha. And, um, so this is old Testament. And, uh, one of the things that Kendra pointed out last time is like, 
This isn't even a story that is after Jesus lived and died for us. This is not a story where people have the Holy Spirit even in their hearts like right. we have now. Right. Because if you if you look at like stories of the Acts of the Apostles, they've already seen Jesus die and rise again. They've been given the Holy Spirit. So they have a power within them yeah. that we have that these this family would not have had. Right, right. Yeah, they witnessed the greatest act of love that can ever be witnessed. Right. Yeah, with their own eyes, yeah. or they heard it from people who right. saw it with their own eyes. Yeah. And so they have like a, a, you know, just a power and a, they, they're going to stand more firm, but this mama didn't even have that. Yeah. And so as the story goes, she has seven children, grown um, adult boys. And for whatever reason, the king has put some really strong restrictions on the people in the town. And th this is kind of reminiscent of some other stories where the king has said, this is what you're going to do. And, and it's more of like an obedience to the king. And if you don't do this, then you're going to suffer um, death. And what he wanted them to do was to eat pork. And that may seem really light to us. Like we, I eat bacon all the time, mm -hmm. but to them, it was, it, it meant turning away from God. Yeah. And that was not something they were okay with doing. And, um, and it's kind of an interesting thing too, of like, where do we draw that line in our own lives of like, what mm -hmm. would be that line for us of where mm -hmm. we said, I'm, I'm done. I can't do that. And, and basically it's renouncing that God is is the king, right? right yeah. Now it's giving allegiance to a different king instead of God. And so um, he brings them up and makes a public display of their disobedience. And um, the oldest son speaks out first and speaks on behalf of all of his brothers and his mother and said, we will not bow down to you. We will not eat this pork. And so he makes a huge spectacle of him. And in scripture, it says he cut out his tongue and he scalped him and they had hot oil ready to burn him alive. And, um, and the mom comes over and looks them right in the eyes and speaks truth into her kids and says, you keep going, mm -hmm. don't back down. You keep going. And, um, the first time Kendra brought this to me, she told me this story and I could just picture this mom brokenhearted, standing on the side with so much heartache, but so much fervor and mm -hmm. so much courage saying, what I believe is so strong, I'm not going to let anything change. I'm not going to let my kids walk away from where they are. And so the king, of course, is highly offended and kills the first son in front of everyone. And then the second son, who now knows exactly what his fate is going to be, willingly dies and the third son willingly dies and the fourth son willingly dies. And they go down the row one at a time, they're tortured and they're killed. And the whole time the mom's standing on watching, the brothers are standing on watching and, um, and there's a strength in her eyes that the sons see. And she says, keep your eyes fixed on me. Just look at me because within me, you can see the love of the father mm. within me. You know how deeply loved you are by him. And you know that what you're saying yes to is going to give you a place next to him. And this is important for you. And, um, and it reminds me so much of Mary at the foot of the cross and how he gained so much strength from her eyes. And she didn't want to watch her son be crucified on the cross, mm. but she was getting, giving him strength to say yes to this terrible thing that he had to say yes to. And so the kind of like turning point of the story is they get down to the last son and the king gives her an opportunity to say, okay, let's. Like, he, he was feeling bad for them. Yeah. And he was yeah. like, all right, we're going to give you an out. Yeah. You come over and talk to your son. You tell him to just, just eat the pork. It'll be fine. Like you don't, he doesn't have to die. Yeah. And so she comes over to him and she whispers in his ear and you have to kind of like imagine everybody in the whole place is thinking that she's whispering. It's okay. It's okay. And her, like her head is kind of nodding and he, he has like a look of relief on his eyes. Like, okay. Yeah. Okay, mom. Thank you. Like I get it. Um, but what she whispers to him was not, it's okay. You don't have to do this. What she whispers to him is... I'm going to read it to you because there's nothing that yeah. I can say that's going to beat what yeah. the Bible has to say. She leaned over close to him and in derision of the cruel tyrant said in their native language, son, have pity on me who carried you in my womb for nine months, who nursed you for three years, who brought you up, educated and supported you to your present age. I beg you child to look at the heavens and the earth and see that all is in them. 
and that, and then you will know that God did not make them out of existing things. In the same way, humankind came into existence. Do not be afraid of this executioner, but be worthy of your brothers and accept death so that in the time of mercy, I may receive you again with your brothers. Mm. She's like, I want to see you again someday in heaven. And when those heavens are opened up and we're invited in, I want you to be there. So you say yes to this. Don't you dare turn away from our King and from God, the father, and you say yes, and you go, whoo, girlfriend. (laughs) But when Kendra was telling the story for the very first time, she, um, started with the scripture and then we were like, well, we don't think all of your kids are being called to martyrdom, (laughs) (laughs) but, but what we do think is that we want to live like that. Yeah. We want to live like moms who are looking our kids in the eyes and saying, no matter what comes your way, whether it's deep suffering, whether it's loss of identity, whether it's same sex attraction or not knowing who you are Mm. and in your gender and your identity, you can say yes to the Mm -hmm. Lord and you can trust him. Even if it feels really hard, you can trust him. And the only way we can do that is if we are living that way ourselves and we are fully rooted in our own identity and fully rooted in knowing that God has what's best for us in in mind. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, our, maybe our children will face martyrdom. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, Maybe we will. I don't know. But we know for a fact that there will be like mini martyrdoms, like little Mm. moments in our lives and in their lives, like the examples you gave of, you know, what if one of our children grows up and does have, um, you know, struggles with the cross of same sex attraction, Mm -hmm. um, what the church teaches is beautiful. Like that's not who they are, that they can still live a, a beautiful, full life, um, living a life of chastity and, um, fully invited into the fullness of the church. Mm-hmm. But the world says, you're yeah. going to, you're, you're not going to be happy that way. Yeah. Right. And so that, that's a huge, um, I believe like martyrdom to the world, right. Um, of, of cho- choosing truth, mm-hmm. right. And, and, um, choosing that suffering. Yeah. Well, and when I was just reading the scripture a minute ago, um, I just had this, like, as I was reading this story in my mind, I had the image of, um, Blessed Miguel Pro. Mm, yeah. And I read his book recently. And of course, we saw him when we were in Mexico. Mm-hmm. And his story is so similar to this. Like mm-hmm. he knew what he was doing was will for sure cause him death. But he also knew that administering this to the, the sacraments to the people in Mexico yeah. meant everything. Yeah. That it was worth it. And he was raised by family that was devout. And he had a mom who was pouring into him the way this mom was pouring into these kids. Okay. And so when it came time that his country was facing this deep mm-hmm. religious persecution, which actually was very similar to the story, right? right? I think sometimes we read these old stories and we think that could never happen now. But here they were in the 19th century being told they could yeah. not practice their faith, that Catholic churches were banned and that priests were dying. They're mm-hmm. being hung in their churches. And he willingly went out and continued to... Um, to preach, to Mm -hmm. give people reconciliation, to offer communion and um, marriage sacraments, because he knew that now more than ever, people needed to be involved in their faith and they needed to fight for the ability to continue to live out their faith. And so when I was just reading just now, I thought, imagine a world where where they hadn't stood up for what they believed in. Yeah. Yeah. Imagine a world where he didn't have the strength and the courage to fight for what was right. Mm -hmm. And I just went on this beautiful tour of Mexico. Those churches could have all been gone. The faith could have completely been wiped out in the entire country of Mexico had these people not stood up for what they believed in. And what we don't hear in these stories and in the story of second Maccabees and even in the stories of martyrdom of the saints, we hear the, the, the narrative of what actually happened, but we don't have the account of the, hundreds, thousands of people that witnessed mm-hmm. their yes to God and the conversions that took place. Yes. And then the the children that were affected. And the fortification and the of their faith. And generations and generations and generations of faith that is then passed on because of what they saw. Yeah. You know? Oh, that's so good. And again, like we're not saying like our, our world's about to go <laughs> under. Right. But yeah. what we're saying is like we just want to live like that. Right. We right. want to live like our faith is number one and most important to us. Mm-hmm. And that may look like 
just being joyful mm-hmm. at work. Choosing it, joy. Maybe choosing joy. Yeah. It may be in a time of deep suffering because someone is sick in your life, yeah. knowing that God is in control of a situation and trusting him with your life. Like that's right. a big, those right there are moments where we need to be fortified with faith. Right. And if we can do that, then our kids see that in us Yeah. and then it passes on to them. Right. And, you know, where does this mom's strength come from? Where do her son's strength come from? Where does Blessed Miguel Pro's strength come from when it's mm-hmm. like down to the wire, faced with deep suffering, you know, um, or like knowing they're going to go be burnt at the stake, whatever it may be. Where does that strength come from? It doesn't come from their own will. No. It comes from the relationship with the father, knowing who they're dying for. And it's a deep love for him. Um, but also this exchange of the graces to endure what is put before you mm-hmm. for him. Like he is not just on your own power. You do things. It's yeah. this great exchange of, of God giving the grace and the power and the courage and, and the wisdom and, um, whatever it may be, he will supply you with it. Yeah, it's supernatural. This, yeah, for yeah. sure. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's a level of strength and grace that we mm-hmm. could never conjure up on our own or like try to create from our own power. It can only come through right. his power. Right. And, and I've experienced that a lot in my own suffering of just like, there's no way I could keep moving on if I didn't have that grace that comes from him. Yeah. There's yeah. no way I could keep having joy and keep, you know, trusting yeah. and keep just doing my life day to day with right. the level of suffering that we had a couple of years ago if we didn't have that supernatural grace that flows right. away from him. Right. Okay. So the other thing that was kind of surprising to me when we were in uh, at that church is Kendra talked a lot about just having an intimate relationship with a father. Mm. Um and how that leads to this level of, of trust in him. And she was talking about just some really sweet stories of the way he's like tenderly loved her heart. Mm. And, um, and then we kind of broke into small groups and we were talking and I was surprised to hear how many people at the table had never experienced that. Yeah. And, and I think it it was eye opening for me because I think on the podcast we talk about this a lot, <laughs> and I think everybody's yeah. used to hearing this kind of stuff. But it was eye opening that like there's still so many Catholics who don't hear the voice of God or mm-hmm. don't know how to hear the voice of God, who don't know how to let Him love them mm-hmm. and to receive it. Yeah. And I think we're so quick to like assume that he doesn't speak to us or to assume that, oh, what I heard wasn't really from him and to kind of write things off. Right. Or even, even trade, um, and not by, not by their own fault, but trade a personal relationship with the Lord, with the most, like going through the motions of being Catholic, if that Mm, makes sense. Right. So like, yes, going to mass, um, saying the rosary, being a faithful family, those are all beautiful, rich things, but they cannot take the place of the personal relationship mm-hmm. with Jesus. Yeah. Those are ways to strengthen and to live right. out and to have deep intimacy with the Lord and the Eucharist within your personal relationship right. with the Lord. And um, for me, you know, I grew up Catholic, um, but I had a very strong influence on my Protestant friends in high school and fellowship of Christian athletes and throughout college. And that's where I learned what it looks like to have a personal relationship with the Lord. And there's almost like this stigma because Protestants do altar calls and, you know, make a choice to to ask God into your heart. And, and so we kind of push that aside of like, that's a Protestant thing as Catholics Mm -hmm. don't do that. But in reality, every single person needs to have that moment in their life where they choose to invite the Lord in because he's a gentleman. He's not going to force himself upon mm-hmm. us. Um, it has to be our will. We have full free will and it has to be our will to say, yes, Lord, I yeah. want you deep within my heart. I want to walk with you. I want to live within your heart. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think that coupled with the beautiful sacraments and the richness of our faith is the all encompassing, um, I don't know what it's the fullness. It's the fullness. Yeah. Yeah. It's the fullness of the faith. Having both. Right. It's a both. And, and for me, when I first had my conversion, I, um, I had seen people have relationships with the Lord Mm. and I wanted it and Mm -hmm. I didn't know how to do that. And so I would just say, 
I want to fall in love with you. I want to fall in love with you. Mm, I want to fall in love with you. And that was like, whether I knew it or not, that was me saying, Lord, I'm ready. Like an opening up my heart to him, even though I didn't have a clue how to make that happen. But I think you do have to, at some point say, even if you've been Catholic Catholic your whole life and you've never missed a Sunday of mass, like at some point you got to say, Lord, I want you. Right. And I want all of you, whatever that looks like in my life, even if that means sacrifice, even if that means, Mm -hmm. you know, giving up things that I hold dear. Yeah. I want you because you are better than anything I have mm-hmm. in mind for myself. Like he is always better. Yeah. And inviting our kids into that too. Yeah. Um, so just talking about mass, you know, for me, um, my parents are just amazing, amazing people. And I think they, they were on their own faith journey as well. Um, and so growing up, yes, we grew up Catholic and we did all the things, but they didn't know what they didn't know. Right. right. So, and the whole generation, the whole generation, didn't know what yeah. they didn't know. <laughs> right. Right. Um, and so, you know, we were faithful mass goers, but there were also Sundays whenever, um, we missed because of my sports or because, um, we were working in the yard and granted, I have great memories of us working in the yard together. And I love those Sundays, but I was also super excited when my dad was like, Oh, we're not gonna have time for showers. Let's go get burgers mm. and call it a day. And we didn't go to mass. And so, um, something that I think, um, I think really needs to be a foundation for your families and for you, um, is to make Sunday obligation mass top priority, no matter what, bend over backwards. Because for me growing up, I saw that, okay, it's not that important Mm. until I, you know, had my reversion into the church and I saw just how important it was. And I'm so grateful for the man that I've married because for there's no reason for us to miss unless, you know, you're sick and following, you know, church teaching and that sort of thing. Um, but like, even whenever we have to send a kid to mass with Megan and Chad, we do that sometimes (laughs) they've sent their kids with us so that we can get our kids who have received first communion, the sacrament and get them to mass on Sundays. Mm -hmm. I think that sends a huge message to our children, the importance of it. Um, and that they are, they are willing whenever they then go off Lord willing. I mean, you never know, but when they <laughs> go off, so. we haven't gotten there yet. As they parents. fight for it just as much, you know, mm-hmm. just sending that message. Like Chris, Chris has a great saying. He says, our kids are worth, um, fighting for no, our kids are worth fighting with shoot. It was, um, in getting kids to mass, they're worth fighting with because they're worth fighting for. I think that was it. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, you get the pushback on mass and that sort of thing. Um, but they're, they're worth fighting with because they're worth fighting for. Yeah. Them. The other thing that Chris said to us yesterday, this was really interesting is he said, he, we were talking about statistics of kids leaving the faith mm-hmm. and, um, and I saw statistics the other day that said 80% of Catholic teenagers will leave the faith. Mm-hmm. And I saw another one that said, and that was like, I think that was mass going, um, Catholics. And another one that said 95% of Catholic school kids are leaving the faith, which is heartbreaking. And he said the highest predictor of whether or not a Catholic continues in their faith through adulthood is if they left the faith during their high school years and became Protestant. Wow. And that was like, but it actually made a lot of sense to me because it's exactly what happened to Kendra because they, that's when they have an encounter with Jesus and they fall in love with with him and then they go, but wait a second. Yeah. He's truly present in a Catholic church. Right. I love that man so much. I want to be with him on Sundays in mass. Right. Yes. I want and to go to adoration. It's I want to receive the sacraments. Yes. So yes. like if we can teach them yeah. to fall in love with him when they're five, yeah. six, seven, continue it through later elementary school, middle school, high school, mm-hmm. then we can keep them from having to ever walk away to find Jesus somewhere else. Right. I swear, if I hear one more person say they left the Catholic <laughs> church because they wanted to find Jesus, I know. <laughs> I'm going to throw something because he's right there. Yes. But we have to introduce people to him yes. and to his love and to show that he is present in and, the church. And sometimes that's introducing ourselves to that. Right. So it, again, it begins with ourselves, the Maccabean mother. It begins with us rooting ourselves, us not just going to mass because we have to. Yeah. Um, it's us going to mass to receive him, to encounter him. It's us mm. living out our faith. It's us letting him seep so deeply within every cell of our body that it oozes out into everything we do so that whenever our kids come to us with a problem at school, that we are anchored in um, our relationship with the Lord to guide them deeper into their relationship with the Lord to figure out, okay, 
what does God think of you in this situation? Yeah. Where is God in this situation? What is God, what is God challenging to do you to do with this friend who is speaking ugly to you? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and allowing that to seep into their, their lives too. And yeah. talking to them, what does it mean for you to have a relationship with the Lord? Yeah. Well, and letting him know, them know that he wants to be a part of every one of those conversations. Right. Yeah. He's not just, it's not just let's go worship on him on Sunday. Absolutely. He wants to be a part of every yeah. moment of our lives. And the same is true for us as adults to know that too, because I can get into a habit of like, you know, go six, seven hours without thinking about what does God care about mm-hmm. what I'm doing right now. And then when I'm in my morning prayer, then I talk to him. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but like, no, he really does want to be yeah. a part of all of it. And that's how we start to really trust the Holy Spirit is yeah. by allowing him into our lives like that mm-hmm. and letting our kids see it. Mm-hmm. I was just thinking when you were talking about like going to mass and, and I know it's hard when you have little kids that there's, there's been a lot of masses where I didn't hear much of anything, mm-hmm. you know, or right, there's a yeah. lot of masses where I stood way in the back with a baby who couldn't yeah. um, be quiet, but those are still opportunities for deep devotion and still yeah. opportunities for prayer. And just I had to let him love you. Yeah. Just let right him like there. Like, you don't hear <laughs> he a word of you. the homily, but you're still in the church. Yeah. You can spend the whole time in silent prayer in the yeah. back yeah. and have he the most beautiful you. moment with the Lord. Even if you can't even hear what the priest is saying because mm-hmm. the mics are turned off or whatever. I mean, we right. know these things happen. Right. And, um, but anyways, I was thinking about one day we were in mass. Chad must've had Tessa because I was, um, able to actually like sit still and listen, but I left mass that day and I said, wow. I like had a moment today in mass and the Lord was really speaking to my heart and the girls go, yeah, I noticed. Oh, wow. I know. Isn't that funny? They said, they said, yeah, I was watching you. It Uh was really cool. (laughs) That's awesome. I know. Which was really funny because I just like was in this just like deep prayerful moment. And and I, I do remember like smiling and just feeling like the, the love of the father and the spirit all around me. And, and, and it trickled over to them of like, Yeah. yeah, yeah, I saw that. And I think anytime we can let our kids see that in us, mm-hmm. the more it shows them what they can have too. Mm-hmm. It invites them into that. And and I think the other thing that's like really been rocking my world lately is I and I've fallen victim to this a lot too, is we have this idea that like kids can't really receive the spirit and kids can't really mm-hmm. live out their faith. And until they get to high school is when this is supposed to happen for them. And it's like, no, Mm-mm. we don't need to wait. It's too late. It's too late. Yeah. And it's not too late for some kids, but it's too late for some kids. It really is. Mm-hmm. At that point, they've already moved on. And our kids can receive the spirit at three years old, four years old, seven years old. They can be a part of this deep, intimate relationship right. with God the Father. And well, we should by be virtue of their baptism. Yes. Like I'm so grateful that we as Catholics baptized as infants yeah, for that very reason, for that yeah. very reason. Well, and you know, our church just started the nursery again, which I yeah. was like, hallelujah, because <laughs> we know it's been a long couple of years since COVID. And actually I've never had a church that had a nursery. Uh-huh. So I've never really been able to take my kids, but now I do. Yeah. So she was the only kid in there last week though. Nice. So if you're at St. William, bring your kids <laughs> to the nursery. She was by herself. Um, but we brought her in to the end of mass because I don't want her to always be separate from the church. Yeah. She loves the church. Yeah. It's her favorite place. She wants to be in there. She can't sit quiet. So it's hard. <laughs> right. Girlfriend wants to talk the whole time. And mama wants to pray sometimes. And mama wants to pray sometimes. <laughs> but so she's, yeah, they're always like, well, just take him to the cry room and calm her down and bring her back. I'm like, she's not crying. She's just loud. <laughs> she just talks. She just talks a lot. She's so funny. So, but at the end of mass, we brought her in. And of course my kids all like completely stopped paying attention to mass and they were all over Tessa. I was like, could y'all just like look at the altar for a second and stop looking at Tessa? I love You wonder you why her. she talks to y'all? I know, right? Like y'all are not helping me at all. So, so another funny. reason why she needs to go to nursery is so my kids will focus on this. Right, right, right. Um, but I, uh, I said, Eli, take her over to go see Jesus, which mm. really was more for him, I think, than for her. Uh-huh. But it gave him a reason to go see Jesus. Yeah. And he went over with her and knelt in front of the tabernacle and had this sweet little moment with Aww. her talking about who Jesus is. And it's like those little things, mm-hmm. if we can continue to just remind our kids of the magnificent thing that's occurring in mass, love. the magnificent love that's pouring mm-hmm. from the altar, the sacrifice, the grace, mm-hmm. the just, it's so much more than just an hour of sitting quiet and then leaving. Mm-hmm. And I've been feeling lately, like, I feel like we do a little bit of a disservice for our kids because, and I've done this with my own kids, like I've taught them to sit quiet for an hour. Mm-hmm. And I even see it in my teenage girls. They, it's like they've trained their brains to be distracted during mass mm. and to look around yeah. and to just whatever they can do to be quiet. Yeah. 
And so they're missing what's happening. So everything that we can do to just kind of bring them back in every once in a while, hey, hey, look, look what's happening. Jesus is about to be on that altar. Or um, whenever the bells ring during transubstantiation, Jesus is here. Jesus is here right now. And um, and even for little ones, it's like my favorite thing when a mom turns to a little three-year-old and said, Jesus is here. And you hear little kids say, hi, Jesus. <laughs> you know, like I, I, my kids have done it. I've heard other kids in the church do it. There was one time, <laughs> so funny. Um, the bells rang and this kid really like us, Santa. <laughs> <laughs> not quite, buddy. Not, not quite. quite. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best. Well, I don't remember if I said this on the podcast the other day, but we were at um, daily mass at St. Patrick in Hutto. And the way we were in line to receive um, the precious blood is they had us standing right next to the altar. Uh-huh. And it took a while. I don't know why. It was like a, the line backed up. And so we were standing there for quite a while. And Tessa looked up and saw the um, crucifix. Mm. And she goes, that's Jesus. Mama, Jesus has boo-boos. Yes. I need to go kiss those boo-boos right now. Oh. And I was like, you can't go kiss the boo-boos right now. Like, you yeah. just can't. Like, I can't get let you get on the altar. Yeah. But now, every time she walks back into a church, she remembers that Jesus has boo-boos. Yeah. And she wants to go kiss him. And and it made me think oh, of, wow. like, your deep devotion for, like, the, the wounds of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And and you've told me before mm-hmm. that you kiss his feet and kiss I his do. wounds. Yeah. I have so, a crucifix in my bedroom. And so many times I, like, just kiss his wounds and place my head on his feet. And it's such a place of comfort because I just want to comfort him. Yeah. Yeah. And so if a two-year-old can see that. Yeah. You should and, get her a little crucifix that she can carry to mass. Oh, that'd be she sweet. Can just, that could be her little crucifix. Yeah. Kiss. Well, because it was so funny. Like when she's saying she's going to kiss the boo-boos, I'm like, um, but, love, I can't lift you up that high. It's like way high up in the air. And it's like behind the tabernacle. Like even if I was the nice right. enough mom to let you try to do that, it's never going to happen, kiddo. There's just, you're never going to be able to do that. Um, but I did take her a couple days later to a different church, we were dropping something off and we went and saw, um, the nativity scene and, and baby Jesus. And then I took her to, um, go see the Pieta Oh wow! because I was yes. like, here, here's Jesus with his wounds Yeah, and his mama is holding him. him. And so she did get to kiss his feet because it was oh, low enough where she beautiful. could reach it. And, but there's just this, this yeah. love there. Yeah. And I hope that I can fan the flame of that love enough mm-hmm. so that it never dies for her, mm-hmm. that she never has to go find Jesus somewhere else because she knows he's so close to her right here. Yeah. So fully present. Yeah. yeah. And that she knows that he wants to be a part of every aspect of her life and mm-hmm. tend her broken heart mm-hmm. and fill the places in her heart where no human being could ever fill it. Like, that's what I want my kids to know. Right. Whatever yeah. you're searching for out there to complete yeah. you, to fill you, you already have it's it right here. Be enough. Right. Yeah. No, yeah. no human can ever fill what God can do for you right here. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. It's, it's not easy though. <laughs> it isn't. You're right. Oh gosh. I feel like we just need to pray. Yeah. Yeah. Go for it. Let's pray. Just pray over the women. Pray over our listeners. Okay. Yeah, let's do it. Go for it. Time in whenever you want. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Abba, Father, God, you are so good. I am just bursting right now, God, with oh, love for you, but also the love you have for me. And I know you have the same love for every single one of us, God, that your love is not limited. Your love is not divided out into equal portions, God, but um, you give all all of your love to every single one of us, God, because it's limitless. And Abba Father, I pray for every single one of our listeners, Jesus. God, as they sit and listen to this, Father, that their hearts are deeply stirred. Father, that they open their hands to you, that they look up and they open their heart to you, Jesus. And just with the simple words, they say, Jesus, I want you to live deep within my heart. May the Holy Spirit just flood over them right now. Wash over them with immense peace and tenderness. And still deep within them, the knowledge that you will never leave them, that you will never forsake them, that what you have for them is good. Even if it's hard, it's good. Infuse them with so much love right now, Abba Father. I pray for the people that they are in contact with, whether it be their children, their spouse, best friends, coworkers, 
anybody they come in contact with, Lord, that they may be a beacon of hope, a beacon of light and of tender love, because that is what is instilled so deep within their hearts, Jesus. Father, I pray for anyone who may be feeling a block right now, who may be feeling um, unworthy. Um, In the name of Jesus, I cast that out and send it immediately to the foot of the cross. Jesus, you are the lion and the lamb. And with gentle tenderness, storm in like the roaring lion that you are and conquer and fight whatever the block is and flood them with your love, Jesus. And that as they fill up completely with you, there is no room for anything else. As they fill up completely with you, God, there is no room for darkness. There is no room for a spirit of doubt. There is no room for a spirit of unworthiness that is completely filled with love and mercy and tenderness gentleness, acceptance, kingship, daughterhood. Thank you, Jesus. Wow, that's beautiful. And I just pray that... um, But nothing that we're saying today would come from a place of striving yeah. or of stress on the moms or of heartache that I'm not doing enough. Amen. But that we would just be able to surrender, Lord, mm. and um, and know that you are the one who's going to do all these things. Yes. <laughs> all we get to do is just surrender and trust you and follow you and let your love shine to the people around us. It's not that we need to add 17 more things to our to-do list or be the best liturgical mother there ever was. Amen. We just need to trust in your goodness, Lord, and love our kids the way you love them. Yes, Jesus. In your beautiful and holy name we pray. Amen. Amen. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Man, girl, that was powerful. I like that. (laughs) I, um, yeah, when you're praying, I just had this like sense that there's probably some people who are feeling like, I'm trying my best. Mm, yeah, yeah. Because I know yeah. what that feels like. Yeah. Especially as a mom. Like you read all these Catholic mom blogs and things mm. and it's like, I'm never going to be that mom. Yeah. Take, like, let's Mm-mm. cast that out right now mm-hmm. because you were designed to be this mom for your kids. Yeah. You were designed to be the one who points them to Jesus. It's who you are. It's how you yeah. are made. And that does not mean you have to be crafty. It does not mean you have to be wearing the cutest outfits ever. It doesn't mean any of that. Mm-hmm. All it means is you have to surrender to his yeah. love for you. Yeah. I read a, a, a quote whenever I was really struggling and it's, it, it's super simple. Um, it just said, it is important that you exist mm. and it is important that you exist in the lives of your children, of your spouse, of your coworkers. Like you were created for such a time as this, as were they, and God has you in their life and them in your life for a specific purpose. Mm. And it's nothing that you need to go grasp for that. You need to go hunt down. You need to rest in your identity as your beloved, as his beloved mm-hmm. and, and, it is important that you exist. Yeah. And from that place of resting in our identity, that's where he flows. Yes. Yes. It's not from a place of trying right. to be perfect. It's a place of full surrender and knowing, you know what, Lord, I can't do any of this without you. Yeah. That's when your kids get to see who he is. And it goes back to, to one of the very beginning um, scripture verses of our podcast. Long time ago, Exodus 14, 14, mm-hmm. the Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. Yeah. If you haven't heard us tell that whole story, it's on episode one. Yeah. And it's when I learned how to... Um, let the Lord fight for me. Yeah. <laughs> and and I think that's probably the the greatest gift I've ever given my kids is to let them see me mm. learn how to surrender to the Lord. Yeah, for sure. You know, and you're for doing sure. that right now too, of just like clinging to the hem of Jesus with everything you've got. When things get really hard, that's how they know how to cling when things get hard for them mm-hmm. is by mm-hmm. seeing us cling to the hem of Jesus. Yeah. Amen. And it's so good. Okay. So even though we don't want you to feel like you have a lot of things on your to-do list, let's give a couple practical things Okay, of ways yes. that we can invite our children into deep intimacy with the Lord. Mm. One I would say is adoration. Yeah. Um, and and not adoration from like a sit still, be quiet, hear the rules, blah, 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 blah. Although those, you know, guidelines are important, but a 
let's go see Jesus. Yeah. Let's go sit at his feet. Let's go worship him and make it like an exciting thing. Yeah. Like I know some people, oh, you know, Meg Hunter Kilmer, this is great for you people who don't have little ones. Um, but maybe you're a godmother. She does adoration ice cream dates with her godchildren. Oh my gosh. That is so cute. It's the cutest thing ever. I keep saying I'm going to do that, but I haven't actually done it yet. But she goes and picks up a godchild takes them to adoration, talks about the great love of Jesus, and uh-huh. then they go eat ice cream together afterwards. Oh my gosh, I love that so Isn't much. Isn't that sweet? Yes. So making it an exciting thing, something they look forward to. Yeah, yeah. So that the can- other day, um, I dropped the kids off, and, and we're very, very blessed to have a perpetual adoration chapel like right down the street from yeah. us. Um, but it was cold. I just happened to have a blanket. Stella was in her jammies, dropped off the kids at school, and I was like, I need to go see Jesus. And so I just bundled Stella up in the blanket, and we just <laughs> went inside, and she just laid on the ground in her blanket, and she just looked at Jesus and looked at Mary, and it was just so sweet, mm. just the simplicity, like – and she enjoyed it. Yeah. Well, and yeah, and that's another thing that I do with my kids when they're little is anytime you go to a church for whatever reason, mm-hmm. if it's not a Sunday mass, if it's something else, go in and say hi to Jesus, yeah. even if it's only for 30 seconds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the church that we were at before had a perpetual adoration, but it was really echoey. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like a really <laughs> tall ceiling. Yeah. And so Tessa's was so loud in there. And of course, she interrupts everybody's prayer. But we only stay for like 45 seconds. Right, right. Because right. she's not going to be quiet. Yeah. And you never know. Um, it probably blesses oh, every the other people time. tremendously. Every time. Every little child come in. Every time I take her into a church to see Jesus and she kneels and she, mm-hmm. you know, shows love to him. Every time I either get the sweetest smile from somebody yeah. or someone coming up to me afterwards and saying, thank you so much for bringing her. Yeah. I think we put so much stress on ourselves as moms. Yeah. Um, but they want to see that. They want to yeah. see those little ones in mass yeah. or yeah. in mass and adoration. Yeah. Another practical tip. Um for you listeners, um, is to dive into the word of God, Mm -hmm. get to know the voice of God, get to know the character of God, God, the father through scripture Mm -hmm. so that you know how he's working in your life. You know who he is Mm -hmm. and teach it to your kids. Teach it to your kids. Yeah. Um, great adventure Bible timeline is how I learned about scripture Mm. from Jeff Cavins. And now, um, uh, Father Mike has the Bible in a year and there's a children's great adventure Bible mm-hmm. and it's not nearly as difficult. It's not like 38 weeks long. It's just mm-hmm. a little, you know, a book that you can do mm-hmm. with your kids. I saw something the other day I thought was really cute. I think this is like a Protestant company and I almost bought it, but I haven't bought it yet. Um, but he was talking about, you know, you want to have, um, scripture time with your kids and do they get like wrestly and they won't sit still and then you end up arguing with them. <laughs> yes, yes. Yes. To all those all things. The th- all the things. <laughs> we, we've all been there. <laughs> and he was like, well, now you don't have to worry about that anymore. It was really cute. And so it was a set of bath bombs. Ugh. And inside the bath bomb was like a little item that went with each scripture story. Oh my gosh. And then there's a book that you read the kid while they're in the bathtub. That is so cute. Oh my gosh. I was like, that's brilliant. Yes. Brilliant. Because the kid's already entertained. They're excited to see what's going to come out of the bath bomb. Yeah. And they want to hear the story that's attached to it. Yeah. And kids love scripture stories anyways. And if you make it come alive for them, one of my favorite, um, stories for kids is the Jesus storybook Bible. Have you ever mm-hmm. read that one? Mm-hmm. It's, yeah. it's yeah. You told so me to get it. beautiful. Yeah. And she tells stories in this like gorgeous way. It just makes you fall in love with the person of yeah. Jesus. Yeah. And the other thing that, that the Lord keeps putting on my heart is tell them who I am. Mm-hmm. Don't just tell them about my church mm-hmm. and what they have to do at church and how they sit at church and, you know, all the rules of church. Tell them who I am. Yeah. Let them know about me and my character, that I'm gentle, that I'm strong, that I'm mighty, and that I'm a healer, and that I desire their hearts. Like, yeah. tell them who I am. Um, and I was thinking, we need like a children's devotional curriculum, like something like mm, that, but with yeah. like the names of Jesus and who he is. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe someday. Someday. <laughs> someday I'll get there. Um, we're but not I, giving you to-dos. We're giving us yeah, to-dos. Yeah, that's a to-do for me. But when my kids were little, um, I I would do, during Advent, we would do the names of Jesus. and I just that. Yeah. Yeah. Because it just makes you want more of him mm-hmm. when you see all the different facets of his character right, and who yeah. he is and yeah. how he fulfills all these Old Testament stories and how he's... Yes typed in all these Old Testament stories and, oh, look, this one points to Jesus. And it just makes it this beautiful narrative that kids can't yeah. get enough of. Right. Yeah. But again, if you don't know those stories, it's hard to, to share right. with your yeah. kids. But you know, another way that I really learned scripture stories, hmm. watching Veggie Tales. Oh, oh, yes, for sure. Hello. And, and Chosen. 
And The Chosen. Yes. Show which is your children The Chosen. The best. The first episode's a little bit scary. Yeah, it is a little scary. After that okay, one, yeah. they're all kid appropriate. Yeah. My um, kids love it. They're oh my, like itching to watch season Yes. Three. And we haven't even caught up yet. And I need yeah. to so badly. Um, but yeah, VeggieTales. And so mm-hmm. like for the longest time, I would see like like little veggies jumping in my mind, like peas hopping around the walls of Jericho and stuff. Um, but that it cements it in their brains and it, it does, makes it yeah. fun. And then the other, other way I, we, I always tell parents to learn scripture is by reading a children's Bible to their kids. Yeah. Yeah. Because it takes 45 seconds to read yeah. a story from a children's Bible. And then now the parents hearing it too. Yeah, that's true. And, and that is nothing to be ashamed of. Like yeah. if that's where you are right now, start there. Yeah. It's a you good run place hard to there. begin. Yeah, yeah for it's sure. It's a good place to be yeah. and then keep going from there. Yeah. But that's a great place to start because yeah. sometimes the Bible can be super overwhelming. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Good. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, the other thing I, uh, if you have older kids, teenagers, um, is find adoration that has worship in it mm. anytime you can. Yeah. Um, find a beautiful place where they can go and fully surrender and worship him. Mm. Yeah. yeah. There's yeah. nothing I love more than watching my kids get to experience worship and adoration. Yeah. And, and I would say high school youth ministry is a good place for that, but it's, sometimes it's not. <laughs> Because the other kids are kind of awkward. Take them to a place where people are like sold out for Jesus. Yeah. Let them see what it looks like to love him. And so that maybe camp over the summer is usually a good place for that. that's true. Steubenville conferences, DCYC, and people in Austin. Yeah. Um, But even like we have teens that come to our adult events. Yeah. And everybody at our adult events, they want to be there. And so these kids get to see women who love Mm -hmm. Jesus. And and it's been really... um, powerful for them, I think. And then they take that back to their awkward youth ministry, (laughs) (laughs) which the youth minister is thankful for because they need that. Um, but anyways, yeah, I think any moment like that you can have where you get to just show them what it looks like to surrender is a good thing. Yeah. I agree. Anything else? No. Are we doing what's God doing in your heart? Oh, since we did. Sure. What's God doing in your heart? I don't know. Well, (laughs) (laughs) well for me, um, I'm just, my grandfather passed away on Mm. Sunday and, um, I've just been praising God for the promise of eternity Mm. that, that we have that. Yeah. Can you you imagine? Like, yeah. Can you imagine not, not knowing? Yeah. So yeah. Just that's beautiful. Yeah. That's really good. I love that. Um, what's God doing in my heart? Um, still a whole lot of stirring for the youth, Mm -hmm. a lot of stirring for, um, just and can I interject? Yeah. You're stirring for the youth. It's like feisty stirring. Oh, it's, it's so beautiful. It's awesome. I love it so much. It's intense. <laughs> um, there is a an urgency in my heart yeah. that I can't contain. Um and and I think what I'm feeling is oh, this matters. It matters so much. And it doesn't just matter in a way of like, hey, let's get our kids confirmed, but it matters for their souls for their whole lives. Like I want to see a generation raised up that trusts in the Lord and his goodness, Mm -hmm. that knows where to turn when they're struggling, that knows who will hold them when they're crying and when they're sick and when they're in pain and that just can fully rely on God. And I get that that's hard. It's hard for adults, but I feel like if we could teach this to our kids, yeah. then they wouldn't struggle the way I struggled. They wouldn't yeah. They wouldn't walk away from the faith and have to turn around and come back. They would just be um, in a different place than we were. And so I sat and watched a group of kids this weekend, uh, teenagers, and I just thought each one of those hearts matters. Mm-hmm. Each one of those hearts matters to God. He's pursuing each and every one of their hearts and he desires them so deeply. And, um, and I just want to see, yeah. I want to see those ministries come alive. Yeah. Yeah. I told Kendra, I'm pretty much like want to like dismantle and rebuild all of children's youth and middle school ministry in the whole country. That's no small thing, right? No small thing. No big deal. I don't have a clue how to do any of those things, <laughs> but that's really what I want to see happen. Yeah. I just yeah. want to see kids fall in love with Jesus. The Lord gave me some words for you in adoration last night. Ooh. Yeah. And I'll share them it. with you after this. That's super fun. Woo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. All right, guys. Oh, and if I could... Um, humbly ask you guys for prayer. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm uh, speaking this weekend at the Diocesan Catholic Youth Conference in Austin, which is a pretty big deal. It's a big group of teens about, I think they said like 1400 yeah. is what they're going to have this year. And 
And it's fantastic. It's very like Steubenville, you know, fantastic speakers that come in from all around the world. And it has been a big part of my life since I started youth ministry. It was a big part of my conversion happened at DCYC. And I've always had a fond love for DCYC. And so this year I get to speak and Kendra would be speaking, but she's got 17 million mom things happening. (laughs) So she can't come with me. Um, so if you would just pray for the hearts of these girls, I, um, Oh, I can just feel the heaviness and the way the Lord is pursuing them. And I just pray that you would open their hearts. I get to give the girls talk. Um, Mm. So yeah, Um, Yeah. just pray for grace over that Yes, for each and every one of them. Yes. And also um, usually whenever we go out to do ministry of some sort, there's, you know, the enemy doesn't like it. And so um, join me in praying and covering Megan's family as well. Mm, Protection. Um, Thank you. Yeah. Over our family leading it to DCYC. Yeah, for sure. Yes. There's anointing over it for sure. So, all right. Well, that's it. Um, if you are not having a snow day, do go home, <laughs> kick your feet up and try to pretend to have a snow day and <laughs> drink some hot chocolate or something. Um, but we're going to go and get all of the kids in one living room and veg out and watch a movie and snuggle. Do so. you think that our children destroyed your house? Probably. Because I think that's you also okay. have some of Rachel's kids too. <laughs> yeah, probably. There's like that's 12 okay. kids. <laughs> In Kendra's house. My, my house is perpetually destroyed, so it's okay. <laughs> we should probably go investigate that. Yeah, we All will. All right, guys. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for joining us this week. We are so glad to have you here. If you're new to our podcast, we'd love if you would stick around. And if you'd like to go back and listen to some of our old episodes. So we just did a series called Find Your Fire in the fall of this year. And I'd love for you to go back and listen to those because in those episodes, we talk about what does it mean to truly live out the faith, to let the Lord have access to your heart, to follow the Holy Spirit, to heal wounds, to just have a deep prayer life. Um, And it's just Kendra and I, and we're just getting to share what the Holy Spirit has put on our hearts. And I'll tell you what, it's maybe some of my favorite ministry we've ever done. Um, I'd also invite you to go back and listen to episode one and two. Those are our very first episodes where I tell my story and Kendra tells her beautiful love story. The audio is not the best, but the content is great. Um, Thank you so much for being here. Share this with a friend and reach out to us if you have any questions or want to just, I don't know, share what this episode meant to you. All right, guys. See you later. Yeah.